You're listening to Their Daily, episode 16. Welcome to Their Daily. I'm your host, Sylvia Jagler. The Their Daily podcast is designed to inspire, motivate and support you to create in life, work and relationships, whatever you crave for. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm beyond excited to share today's interview with Brenda Florida. She is a certified life coach and a self-proclaimed sex queen. We have a really honest talk about sex, abuse and how you can actually transform your life and have a fulfilled sexuality no matter if you're single or in a relationship. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Dare Daily. I'm beyond excited to have here today the fabulous Brenda Florida. <laughs> She's a sex queen and a certified life coach for all sorts of transformation. Thank you so much for being here today. You cannot see her, but she looks brilliant, fabulous, and is such a beautiful, beautiful woman. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> and before we will dive in, just a short question. What is it what you dare daily? Mm, I dare to believe that there are infinite possibilities for my life and for the world, that whatever I can dream and yearn for, I have the seeds of accomplishing that within me in my connection to the divine and to really believe that I can do that regardless of where I am right now, that I can create and grow into anything I can dream of. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much mm. for sharing. <laughs> and would you mind to share something about you briefly? What's your story, your background? Yes, yes, thank you. So I became a certified life coach about four years ago. I had a crisis in the middle of my um, training and all of that, but that's a whole other story. But I love life coaching because I've, I've been obsessed since my uh, late 20s with my own personal growth. And so becoming a life coach just kind of ended up being a natural progression, I think, out of that as far as creating it as a profession, you know, and being certified in it. And so what I love to focus on in my practice are really sort of two things. I love creating, helping other people. I like to use the word facilitating because I feel like all I do is facilitate another person's uh, opening and awakening to sustainable transformation because the idea of being able to create sustainable change in our lives is so important to me. I don't care about short-term solutions. I mean, they can be good, you know, as part of a bigger plan, um, but I don't want anybody doing the equivalent of losing 10 pounds for the party and then gaining it back, you know, when they've worked with me. So I've got, the, I've, I've sort of figured out from my own life and coaching with others, these four steps that are part of creating sustainable change. And you need all four of them. And the four are your yearnings. You have to really be in touch with what you yearn for and make sure you're not 
doing something someone expects of you or, you know, somebody else's agenda or somebody else's idea of what's right or wrong or whatever. It has to be yours. You have to yearn for what you want. And then there's our thoughts. We all know that our thoughts can derail the best laid plans because they can diminish us and make us feel like we're not good enough and all of that. So we got to work with that. And then our, there's our feelings. Our thoughts and our feelings are always connected. If we don't deal with one, the other will get us off track. And then there is the action, taking action. But we all know we've tried to take action towards things and we couldn't sustain that. And that's always because something in these other three is out of alignment. So you have to get those four things into alignment, which is kind of like a simple formula but it's a little tricky to actually apply in your life. So that's where the coaching or I have digital programs and I'm working on some live events for next year. But that's where all that comes in. I help you, you know, do that and, and hold on to all that for your life. And then the second piece that I love, which is really just a natural passion that came out of a really, this is a perfect example of your darkest days can create your greatest joy. Okay. And that is this, you know, the sex queen part, which is just something I started calling myself. Um, <laughs> I'm a self, a self, you know, uh, imposed sex queen um, because my sexual life has been quite a ride starting from being sexually abused when I was very little, um, totally repressing that memory, not re remembering it all until my early thirties, you know, so I was very disconnected from my body. I hated sex. Um, obviously that created certain problems in my marriage and then awakening from that and getting to the point where then by the time I was in my late thirties, particularly forties, um, I blossomed into this woman who loves sex is very, um, willing to explore all kinds of things that, you know, some people might think are crazy, but I have no judgment about. And, and really finding the personal power that is sort of unique to your sexual expression. And so I figure I've done that in such extremes. Um, I can relate to anybody and hopefully they can relate to my story and it can give them both a path and kind of that hope that, um, it, it's possible. It doesn't matter how shut down or how disconnected you may feel you are to your sexuality or to sexual pleasure. I'm, I'm here to tell you it, it's possible. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. And um, like you've just mentioned, would you mind to share a little bit more about your beginning of the traumatic experience with sexuality mm -hmm. and what, how it turned out later on in your early 30s? Yes, yes. So, you know, I, I can say this story this way now, but I was, so I was sexually abused probably when I was around five. I still do not have a crystal clear memory about it. I don't remember who did it. I, so one in telling this part of my story, I just want you to know for so many of us have been sexually abused in some way or sexually traumatized, whatever word you prefer. And there's no right way to remember that, okay? So some people always remember it happened to them and they have very vivid memories about it. And then other people repress it and, and maybe it, never remember it. And then you've got me and I'm kind of in that middle road. So in my early 30s, now I got married when I was 18 
because mm-hmm. I wanted to, it was my high school sweetheart and whatever. Um, <laughs> so that's all sweet. But so in my early thirties, I'd been married for a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, our sex life was always a problem. I was all, I didn't like it. It, some of that was total fit, physical ignorance. We were both, gr- we grew up in very religious families. And okay. so there was no, we, uh, it's hard for me to even believe now when I look back on it, just how ignorant we were about our own bodies and each other. So there were a lot of things wrong with our sex life. And then the relationship was lacking in intimacy in many ways. But those are things I understand now that I didn't understand at the time. You know, at the time, I just spent my 20s and until I was in my early 30s thinking I hated sex. I didn't even know how to masturbate. I didn't know I could masturbate until I was, I must have been like 27 because it was after, I have four children also that I had very young. So 19 to 26, I had four kids. And it was after my fourth one was born that I realized I could masturbate kind of because I had a girlfriend talking about her shower head, <laughs> how much she liked her shower massage, you know? And I'm like, uh, I don't quite get this. So I finally <laughs> asked her question and I figured that out. So that was a big opening, right? At least now I'm having an orgasm, even though I, there's no way I've, I've had one with my husband. Um, so, but then early thirties, I think I was about 32. I had sex with my husband because every now and then I just made myself do it, right? Because I, like, I can't be married and never have sex. So I kind of, and here's the key, right? I make myself have sex with him, even though I don't want to. Not because he's a bad guy particularly, but I just don't want to. And I'm kind of like in that state afterwards where I'm kind of half dozing, like almost falling asleep. And I have this whole image of myself as a little girl. I can feel this man on my body. I can feel him touching me. And it just, I came out, I snapped out of that with such a start because of course it freaked me the fuck out. Of course. (laughs) And so, you know, at the time I processed this slower, but I'll just say it also made all kinds of things start to make sense. Mm-hmm. When I started to view myself as a little girl who survived and hid, you know, kept secret, that level of trauma, then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, no wonder, mm-hmm. you know, no wonder I don't like sex. No wonder this is so hard for me. You know, so I started a whole journey of healing. I was, I was working with a therapist at the time anyway, which was great. So I had the support I need needed. We worked on that. It never really improved during that marriage. So he and I split up when I was about 35. And, you know, when you first split up, you're not even thinking about dating and, or I wasn't, you know, having another relationship. I was just like, thank God I never have to have sex again. I I thought (laughs) I was frigid. I did. I thought I was frigid. That was my, even after I knew I was sexually abused, I'm just like, yeah, so that's the price I pay for that. I'm frigid. Okay. Not so, but. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm happy that you have uh, just cleared out uh, and got everything sorted. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, 
you know, then I started thinking about dating and I thought, well, so if I date somebody, he's probably going to want to have sex with me. I mean, you know, like I start to get back in the real world a little bit and I know I know nothing. So you might think this is funny, but I started watching porn because I didn't know where else to go to figure out how people really have sex. Remember, like I'm totally ignorant and I know I don't know what having good sex is. And so, you know, like how would I give a blow job? earthly idea so i start watching porn you know try to like my i used to say it was my sesame street of sex you know so so i just started waking up you know and i had my first boyfriend um so my first lover after my uh first marriage ended thankfully was both a fantastic guy like still today, probably one of the best men I've ever been with as a person and a really fantastic lover and super patient. He was so patient with me. And I was very honest at that point. You know, that's one of the things I would want listeners to know is that once you start waking up to this and, and once you start understanding yourself sexually, you really have to be able to communicate it mm -hmm. because your lover needs to know whether you just met him and you know an hour ago and he doesn't need to know the whole story but he needs to know certain things and you need to be able to say certain things yeah at which level you are how you feel about it etc in order to kind of meet each other absolutely yes so he was awesome in all regards and sort of i always credit him with uh, like turning <laughs> on my light switch And it's never turned off since. Like, oh my God, I fucking love having sex. I, I don't hate this at all. I love it. I gotta have more, you know. Um, and, you know, so the, thus began the exploration of, you know, what's available, what I like, what I want to, you know, uh, explore and experiment with, go up to my own edge, you know, how to feel safe doing that and all those things. So what I would like to talk next to you about is so once you've started to heal and um, you were ready and then even able to talk about it and gain some education from bonds, et cetera, just uh, to actually kind of get into the topic in your 30s, mm -hmm. um, you've then got into a relationship, which was again kind of at some point not serving you. Um, would you like to share the story with us and especially the key point in a nutshell for women um, in order to be able to be empowered in, at every single stage in their life. Yes, yes. So when I was 38, I got married the second time. Mm -hmm. And so we had a great sex life because now I'm tuned into myself. I know what I like, da, da, da. Okay, I'm talking about it and, and I'm willing to explore. So now, little caveat that I didn't understand right at the beginning, but I tend to be attracted to narcissists, okay? Some girls like bad boys, you know, whatever. I have some sort of affinity for narcissists that I believe now is over. But anyway, I, <laughs> so my first husband was a narcissist. My second husband was a narcissist. But anyway, so I'm with my second husband, and he wants to, like, do, like, go to a strip club that has other services. Like, I, in my own mind, in my own experience now of what a sex club is, This maybe wasn't quite at the level of a sex club, but, but she's, she, they can touch each other. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, it's just a little adventurous, right? So he wants to do this. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? That could be fun. I had gone to a, a classic strip club and 
Um, I thought that was fun. And why I'm not bisexual, I can enjoy the intention of a woman and or whatever. I don't even know what that means, right? But whatever. I have enough fluidity in my sexuality that I can enjoy some sexual contact and engagement with a woman, but it's just not my go-to. I tend to like, you know, men, but anyway, so I'm like, Oh sure, this will be fun. And so we pick a day and we go to Philadelphia and we do this. And as we're even with the first girl that we were with, I kind of got that feeling and the best way I can describe it is it's, akin to how I remembered when I had that flashback to the sexual trauma. It's just that kind of icky. It's not the fear of I'm a child and an adult is doing this, but it's just that icky feeling of somebody's doing something to my body. I don't like. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that kind of has its own, just like uh, yuck feeling. And I started to feel that. And now that was like the first time that had happened to me since I left my first marriage and, you know, kind of healed from the sexual trauma. So it kind of caught me off guard and I dismissed it. Uh, I, it was very hard for me still at that point to speak my truth, which is all tied into this, knowing your truth and then also being able to speak your truth. So then we go to a second place and he's with a second girl and I really hate it. But I keep, I don't stop him or the situation because I said, yes, I said, yeah, this will be fun. Let's do it. And so I felt like I started it. I had to see it through. And I had a client not too many months ago say that to me. This, her situation was just a more classic new boyfriend, you know, kind of a thing but she invited him over for sex. And then partway through, she wasn't comfortable with him, but she felt like she had to keep going. Cause she said, you know, like, yeah, come on over and, you know, let's have sex. However she said that. And it just so struck me how as women in that sexual arena, especially, but it can happen everywhere. We will give our power away by just once we say yes, or once we open the door, like we have to see it through to the end. We don't want to disappoint him. We don't want to say no to him. And that is not true. And what I've learned from my own experience is that until I really trust and I have to empower myself first, and then you got to practice it because you don't always show up for yourself the first time. So don't beat up on yourself if you follow through with something that you didn't mean, you know, that you didn't end up enjoying, just say to yourself next time, the next time I'm going to say, no, I'm going to have the courage to say, no, you know what? This doesn't feel good to me anymore. And so let's stop because that's a little journey. That's a little path on a, to itself. And I think sometimes we expect way too much of ourselves as if I should be able to go from, Oh, I understand this in my own being to now I say it to another person and I get myself out and it's all like perfect and flawless and I do it all just right. That is all kind of bullshit. You have to grow into that, at least for I did. And I think many of us do where you're like practicing, finding your voice sexually, practicing, asking for what you want, saying what you don't want. Would you like to share the words or the approach of changing your mind, being able to change your mind no matter where you are in a process? Yes. Yes. So again, this is practice. 
And I think that the more you do it, the better you get at it. Okay. So I had that experience with him where after, now we didn't stay married very long. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with him being a narcissist. Um, <laughs> so it, by the time I'm four, so I married him at 38. By the time I'm 40, I'm single again. Okay. And I had a great 10 years or so sexually in my forties. I did. I was traveling a lot. You know, I'm single. My kids are grown or, you know, mostly grown. And so I'm very, I'm feeling very free in a lot of areas of my life, but I learned from that and it took me a while and my therapist helped me figure it out that why that felt so bad to me was because I wasn't listening when my body and my psyche were telling me no or my soul, you know, inside was telling me no. And mm -hmm. I didn't pay, I didn't, well, I, I heard it, but I didn't act on it. Mm -hmm. So I had my own little learning curve process. And so one big thing I want to say is or encourage listeners to do is have the courage to keep exploring. See, I could have looked at that and said, oh, well, gosh, I'm not going to put myself in a situation again where I might feel icky and might want to say no. Well, that's one way to handle it, but that's a much more boring life, <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to get better. I mean, this was very conscious for me. I thought I want to get better at being tuned in to that feeling of discomfort that in hindsight, when I think of that experience was very clear to me and I felt it at the time, I just couldn't process it fast enough at the time and get super familiar with that and tell myself, anytime I feel that, I don't care what's happening, no means no, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And so I, part of the way I did that, now this doesn't always work, but it's a very good thing to do is any new man I was with, I would say, you know, there's that moment, whatever, if it's a one night stand where, you know, you're going to go back and have sex or you're going to go in the bathroom or wherever you're going to go. You know? <laughs> um, and I would say, you know, in whatever way, something as literal as this to just say, you know, I'm doing this because it seems like a lot of fun to me. I like you. I'm attracted to you, whatever. This sounds like fun. But I'm telling you, I know myself, and if it suddenly stops feeling like fun, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to stop and we're done. Mm -hmm. Are you cool with that? So yeah, setting the scene from the beginning. It's kind of like really expectation management and giving yourself but the permission, but also make sure that the other person knows what's coming up and that you still have just, you know, we just talked about it. So there is no argument because you know it and the other person knows it as well. That's right. And what I ended up finding out after doing that for a while is it's also a great test of whether or not this guy, this guy is a decent guy. Because guys who are good, good men don't want to have sex with a woman that doesn't want to have sex with them. Sex with them. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. how wound up they are, how inside you they are, whatever. If they're in their right mind, they don't want to have you do that if you don't want to. So, Absolutely. So that was a great learning curve for me. Um, but I took this to the point, in fact, I was in Copenhagen. I'm, I'm not necessarily proud of this story, but just so everybody can feel at ease um, <laughs> and know that anything is popular, possible. I was in Copenhagen and uh, visiting a friend over in Sweden and I had taken the train over, you know, just to sightsee and have the day to myself. And 
I, you know, that beautiful stretch of the water where all the painted um, houses are that are all mm -hmm. connected, that very photogenic, you know, famous spot. And there's bars all along the way, along the water there. And I was having my lunch and I started talking to these guys that were traveling and whatever. So they're kind of bar crawling with beer on their way up. And so they invite me to join them for their bar crawl. And of course I said, yes, there are these two gorgeous, really interesting guys and I'm having fun and this is who I am. And so I started, but I'm drinking wine. They're drinking beer. So by the time we get to the end, you know, I've had a lot to drink and the one guy invites me back to his room and I go. And so I'm in this hotel. Now, mind you, I'm traveling, you know, I'm out of my, my home country. I, I have no people in Copenhagen anyway. <laughs> so I'm drinking. I go home with a stranger, go to his hotel room and we were having sex. So I'm undressed, my clothes and my purse, because of course that has my passport in it or over on the counter, like I'm together enough that I'm paying attention to that, but we're having sex. I'm, he's literally on top of me. And I don't know, I still, I really couldn't tell you what happened, but in that moment, I felt unsafe. And I don't know that he actually did anything. I don't know if I just got sober enough to realize I was too drunk to be doing this. I don't know what happened, but I felt that. And I'm telling you, I just, slithered myself right out from under his body and hopped up out of that bed and grabbed my got my clothes on real I had my clothes in my bag and out his door so he's laying there on the bed going like what 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 happened where are you going and and I just I don't I said almost not I was just like I have to go and I ran out because I gave myself permission to say I don't know this guy anything I don't owe him an explanation. I don't owe him staying in bed with him. And I just said no, because for me, I got my no. And so that wasn't a, like that experience scared me because I was drinking too much. Like I, I could have gotten myself in a bad situation. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't recommend this to anyone, uh, but I'm just saying it was a great lesson for I will say no, no matter what. And so and I totally trust myself to say no. And that's what frees you to say yes. And you don't need to provide any kind of explanations if you feel like that's just, you know, you own it. Just a good yep. info. As long as you don't hurt someone, that's my decision. Right. That's my choice. That's how I roll. Yes. Fine point and no explanations thank you so much for sharing this honest and vulnerable story it's uh, uh, like you said just really for all the ladies um follow intuition your intuition and be connected with yourself and yeah do whatever feels right to you but be always sure that you are able to say no um and if you feel like you don't want to do anything or yes there. you don't owe anybody anything it's your exactly. body we don't owe anybody anything Yes, and it's your life, and so just yeah. do whatever feels right to you and own your truth and speak up for your truth. Yes. And at the end, I would like to ask you one question from uh, I've received for our podcast uh, from Instagram. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's anonym, but I'm going to just read it out loud and would love yeah. to hear your answer and your opinion. How do you overcome crisis in relationships without losing the sexual connection? Mm. So it's a great question. And I guess, you know, if I was coaching with this person, 
of course, I'd want to know a lot more about what the crisis is and how long the crisis has been going. If, you know, I interpret the word crisis, meaning this is long standing, you know, this isn't, we're having a bad week. Okay. <laughs> so I think if you're having a bad week, that's one thing. But when relationships get into trouble and we have sustained periods within our relationship where we have, I'll just call it a lack of harmony because that's a simple way to say it, you know, and there's a lot of tension in the relationship. And you, I sort of alluded to this in my story when I was saying in my first marriage, we didn't have a lot of intimacy. So, and what I meant by that was emotional intimacy. Obviously we weren't having a lot of sexual intimacy. Um, but when you have that kind of break in the emotional, spiritual connection with a partner, maintaining any sort of positive sexual relationship, in my opinion and my experience, is very difficult, if not impossible. And this is where I would say to somebody, like a lot of people think, well, it would just, it'd be easier, right? Like they're staying in a relationship until the kids get grown or they're staying for financial reasons or whatever. And either they just want to, you know, she just wants to have sex. You know, he's a good lover. I just want to be able to have sex with him. Um, but it doesn't, it, you, it, you can't have casual sex with somebody you're intimate with, you've been intimate with. So if you're in the relationship, casual sex, recreational sex, sometimes I call it like the one night stand. It's easier for me to go have fun and have a great sexual experience with a one night stand than it is with my partner that I have been in any sort of long-term weeks, months, um, disharmony with, lack of intimacy with, because your body kind of knows. So I always say the body's way wiser than the mind. Mm -hmm. So we may try to talk ourselves into why it's okay, but our body knows. And when you do something as intimate with your body as sex, you know, in one way or another, you're letting somebody inside your body. Um, then, or you're putting your body inside somebody else's. <laughs> That's a super intimate act. And if it's a stranger and it's just fun, then that's one stage. But if you and I are in a relationship and we have problems, we won't be able to ignore those problems just to have that physical connection. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so, so much for sharing. You're welcome. Um, and I, and can, I, I just, can I just say one thing? Yes. I didn't leave my travel sex story there on a bad note. I also had a fantastic travel sex story when I was in Nice. Um, that included Chanel shoes and champagne and uh, several guys that were delightful. And I never felt that, you know, like it just felt that whole experience felt delightful. And I can be in it again in a second. I'm, I'm there right now in the room and the whole thing. And um, that was, you know, I don't, 15 years ago or whatever. So there, you can have those kinds of really spontaneous, really exciting and fun sexual experiences Two, you just have to listen to your body and, and trust no. it and say, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no and don't apologize for either. Thank you so, so much for sharing. Absolutely. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you for being my guest. And mm -hmm. I'm going to share 
all the links so youtube and also your facebook group where you answer all the time all the questions everyone yes what kind of feels like they need some support regarding relationships yes and sex can be there and share honest and vulnerable all the things what they just have on their heart so um just to let all the women um out and know that they are not alone i mean men of course as well but the group is only for women um so yeah thank you so much for being my guest and for your time it's been a pleasure to talk to you beautiful woman oh thank you my pleasure <laughs> that was straight from the heart i hope you did enjoy and had some laughs like myself and even maybe some tears and like every single week i would love to hear from you what your number one takeaway was Please share it below the podcast post on Instagram at sylviajagla.com and let me know what resonated with you. Thank you so much for sharing your time and I look forward to see and hear from you next week. Let's get started and rock life, work and relationships. <laughs>